Hello, and welcome to the recap by Dive Collective. Over the next few minutes, we're going to hit the highlights of the last week's reading from our reading plan. Annika and I, and sometimes Kelly, are excited to invite you along as we read through the Bible together. You can find our reading plan at divecollective.org. It's a free download when you sign up for our newsletter. We know some love the accountability of a checklist, while others thrive from the freedom to join in whenever your schedule allows. The recap is intended to meet all of those needs. So whichever category you fit into, just know we're excited to have you here with us today. Welcome back to the recap. We are on the June 26th episode, still in Deuteronomy, still in Psalms, still in Isaiah. But man, they went together really well. But again, I feel like... I definitely noticed some connections too. We started on Deuteronomy 25 this week. Can you give us an overview of what we were? So we're still talking about laws, I think, at the beginning. Fairness, honest weights. There's a little bit of revenge in there. Um, First fruits, <laughs> the 10th and the third year. The curse chapter. Yes. Do you remember the curse chapter? Okay. Did that jog your mind to anything else? Did you read the post I put on Facebook? I wrote on Facebook because I was like, oh my gosh, this is a really hard one. Chapter 28, that whole, yes. all the curses and all the terrible things that were going to happen and eating their yeah. children. I said, does yes, anyone need to talk one. about today's reading in Deuteronomy chapter 28? The wrath of God is incredibly hard to read. So let's put in the context of the gospel. I actually shared the link to John Piper's sermon where he talks mm-hmm. about the wrath of God and it culminates in the, what he calls the most precious verse in the Bible where mm-hmm. um, Christ became a curse for us. Yep. That's exactly what I was thinking. Of yeah. I, I love that so much is connected to Galatians. Yeah. I find a lot of connections to Galatians. as I'm I do too. But yes, I read that whole thing and I thought, I thought of some of the people that I know really struggle with God's punishments and his anger and his so much of so many things seem so unjust. Yes, I totally, it is just, that's the thing that it's so hard to swallow. The fact that that's what we deserve. All of that stuff was in response to Israel's rejection of God, outright rejection. But the thing is too, chapter 30 is all about returning to the Lord. So after all of that, yes, curses. Then there's like that section about renewing the covenant. And then in chapter 30, God's like, when you come to your senses and you return to the Mm -hmm. Lord, your God, then he will restore you and have compassion on you and gather you again from all the peoples. So there's that section that I'm going to come back to in chapter 31, which this is kind of another thing, another topic that we can talk about after, but Moses is handing the reins over to Joshua Mm -hmm. and he's basically telling Joshua, like, they're going to totally fail. It seems like it would have been really frustrating for Joshua, but in verse 21, it says, for I know what they are prone to do. That reminds me of that. He remembers that we're dust. So God knows that his people are going to walk away from him, but he's just waiting for them to come to their senses and come back. And then in verse six of chapter 30, it says, the Lord, your God will circumcise your heart and the hearts of your descendants, and you will love him with all your heart and all your soul so that you will live. Which is like like, total new Galatians. Yes. 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 I'm like, this is the gospel. This is like all of this stuff about all the outward things that they're doing. This was what it was for. The whole point of it was for their hearts to be focused on God. 
So mine doesn't say circumcised, but that I love that because it yeah. mine's the cut away the thick calluses on your heart, but circumcise your heart. Romans talks specifically about yeah. the yep. circumcision of the heart, but that it goes with Galatians. Yes. And that wording just felt so like you just said, so new covenant, like it didn't, mm-hmm. that doesn't sound like old covenant. That sounds very new covenant. It's and so just gospel. that, yes, like just that reminder that that was the plan all along this covenant of works that these people were going to totally flop at. They were going to be redeemed all along. That was the plan. God's plan was that regardless of what you deserve and the wrath that I have, that wrath is going to be poured out on the curse, on the tree, on Jesus down the road. One of the things that you said in chapter 30, you were basically saying that God knows our heart. He knows the conditions of our hearts. The wording from me in chapter 30, verse one through five is here's what will happen while you're out among the nations where God has dispersed you and the blessings and curses come in just the way I have set them before you and you and your children take them seriously and come back to God. The word while it's like, he just knows I am planning Mm -hmm. for it. I know what's going to happen. And then you see Mm -hmm. that again when he goes into the tent of meeting with Joshua and, and basically God says to him, you're not going to be even cold in the grave before all these people that you've led have completely gone to other gods and done all of these things. How disheartening for Moses and for Joshua. Like, here you go, Joshua. I'm handing you a bunch of people that are totally going to fail. Good yes. luck with that. Go be a good leader, but it's not going to help. It, it just sounded really. Right. But then, uh, okay. Okay. So here's, this is awesome. I love this because God then says to Joshua, verse 23, he says, then God commanded Joshua, son of Nun, be strong, take courage. You will lead the people of Israel into the land I promised to give them, and I'll be right there with you. I just wanted to take a quick break and let you know that if you're enjoying our reading plan, but you're looking to dive deeper into the text using the Bible as your source, you're going to love our dive studies. We begin the book of Ruth on June 30th. We'll dive deep into one chapter per week. You'll have the opportunity to participate in live online video discussion with Annika and I and the rest of the Bible study group. Our next studies begin June 30th, so be sure to sign up at divecollective.org before we start. We were talking this last week in one of the Bible studies, and I was saying, that's a promise. Notice the promises. I cling to those. Whenever I find a promise, I grab hold of it, and I hang on to it for whenever I need it. Chapter 119 verses nine through 16. I don't know exactly what verse it is, but he says, I'm single-minded in pursuit of you. Don't let me miss the road signs you've posted. I've banked your promises in the vault of my heart. That's exactly what I feel like I'm doing. Like I've banked, I feel like I'm banking his promises. Every time I find a promise, I'm like, tuck that one away. That one I'm on to. Okay. It's interesting. So yours says promises. I think that was verses 15 and 16. Okay. One of the things that stuck out to me in Psalm 119 that we've read is that when he's talking about how much he loves God's word and how much it feeds his soul and renews him. And he, a lot of it, at least in my translation, statutes and commands and precepts and laws. And Mm -hmm. so all of these things that are your ways give me life in your ways, all of these things that are giving him life and reminding him over and over of God's faithful love are the guidelines that are set up for how life works best. Yeah. And all of those things, how much joy that gives him when he's following 
it reminds me of walking in the spirit, that walking in the spirit discussion Mm. from Galatians. When we're walking in the spirit, there is peace and grace and joy that you don't have otherwise. Like that it's this thing that you can't explain until you are not walking that way. Yes. Psalm 119. So I don't know if you've ever seen this image that they have. It's been kind of going around and it's a picture of the Bible and it's like this rainbow and it shows all of these places where verses are, are prophesying or referring to other verses in the Bible, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of them. And it just shows this really colorful rainbow because they're the different colors symbolize different kinds of promises or connections in scripture. Mm -hmm. Well, then at the bottom of the chart is this line graph for how long the chapter is. It's all the different chapters in the Bible. So the, these rainbows mm-hmm. are pointing to different chapters in the Bible. Well, right in the middle of, right in the middle of the Bible, if you look at the rainbow, there's this one really long line, especially long line. It's Psalm 119. Psalm 119, this entire chapter is about his word. It's about mm-hmm. how beautiful, how powerful, how everything stems from his words. So it's just this beautiful graph of the miraculous nature of the yeah. Bible. Right down the middle is this line that cuts it right in half. That's Psalm 119. That's just talking about the miraculous nature of his word and of how it word. points us to yeah. life. So it makes me think, so then I, that was making me think when you talk about walking in the spirit and how 119 is actually about walking according to his word. His word is mm-hmm. walking to mm-hmm. his word can only be done according to the spirit. That brings me back to Deuteronomy chapter 30. I love that. Do you know what I'm talking about? I think chapter so, yes. 30 towards the end Keep going. in verse 11 through 14, my version says, this commandment that I'm commanding you today, and it's everything, like he's been giving them the word basically. Yeah, all of, all of this, yeah. all of the law. All yeah. of the law. He goes, this commandment that I'm commanding you today isn't too much for you. It's not out of your reach. It's not on a high mountain. You don't have to get mountaineers to climb the peak and bring it down to your level and explain it before you can live it. And it's not across the ocean. You don't have to send sailors out to get it back and back and then explain it before you can live it. No, the word is right here and now as near as the tongue in your mouth, as near as the heart in your chest, just do it. Look at what I've done for you today. I've placed in front of you life and good death and evil. And then he goes on mm-hmm. verse 19. I call heaven and earth to witness against you today. I place before you life and death, blessing and curse, choose life so that you and your children will live. Psalm 119 is all about his word and it bringing life mm-hmm. and that it's not out of reach. It's so accessible to each one of us through the spirit. Right. Because he says right after that, choose life, choose life so that you and your descendants may live love the Lord your God, obey him and remain faithful, faithful to him for he is your life. Yes. That's it. Yes. So, so good. So I was actually reading Psalm 119 after I read through Isaiah. The timing of it was so perfect because as I'm reading through Isaiah, I come of course to chapter 58 and you know exactly what I'm going to be talking about because it's what God has on my heart, racial injustice and how I mean, it's in your face in Isaiah 58. God basically is saying like, I am the God of the oppressed. I have come for Mm -hmm. the people who are hurting, who are marginalized, who don't have justice. This is my, this is my purpose for people to have the chains broken free. In verse six through nine, I love it. This is, this is Isaiah 58, six through nine. This is the kind of fast day that I'm after to break the chains of injustice, to get rid of exploitation in the workplace to free the oppressed, to cancel debts. 
the whole thing of Deuteronomy is about, about canceling debts, about making sure that everybody has a chance to be free again, that there's no, that nobody lives a full life of mm-hmm. um, enslavement. Like he just, he cares mm-hmm. about that. That's a priority for him. And all of Isaiah 50 is there. They, it starts out with them fasting and they're like, where, where are you, God? We're fasting and you're not showing up the way that you're supposed to show up when we fast. You're not doing, and he was like, fasting for what? Like you right, haven't been, go do something. Yeah, you yeah. haven't been fasting, like you're fasting, but you're thinking that you're just going to turn on a switch, but you haven't been doing the things that I've asked you to do, which is to take mm-hmm. care of these people. Um, do those things. And that fasting is the kind of fasting that I will honor. Okay. So I'm reading through Isaiah 58 and I'm thinking, but how, but how, like, but how, where in my life does like, where does my life intersect with this that I can do anything, right? This is like the big question that as I'm becoming more aware, as I'm becoming sad, as I'm experiencing all of the sorrow, it's now what? what, Right. Like I have, like, where do I even go from here in my white bubble? Like, what do I even do? And because, you know, it's not that we're supposed to go and be these saviors to these places. Nobody wants that. So what does it look like for me to do any of these things? And so going to the 119, it felt like a fresh drink of water, just flowing with grace that it was that he's basically saying, you're blessed when you stay on course, walking steadily on the road revealed by God. You're blessed when you follow his discretions, doing your best to find him. For me, it feels like that's kind of where I'm at is this place of just trusting that if I pray, he'll show me. He's going to guide me. Yeah, he's going to guide me. He's going to give me the opportunities. And so when I see those words, wherever he says signs posted, where are you? Sorry, at the very beginning of Psalm 119, but all throughout Psalm 119, he talks about the signs being posted at the very beginning of 119, somewhere in one through eight, it says, you God prescribed the right way to live. Now you expect us to live it. That makes me think of Psalm 58. Oh, that my steps might be steady, keeping to the course you set, that I'd never have any regrets in comparing my life with your counsel. I thank you for speaking straight from your heart. I learned the pattern of your righteous ways. But then he goes, I'm single-minded in pursuit of you. Don't let me miss the road signs you've posted. That phrase right there is, that just rings true in my heart, that idea that I am in pursuit of you. I'm hearing your word. I'm seeing the desires of your heart. Now post the signs so that I can see which way to go, how to do what is on your heart for me to do. Does that make any sense? It's just like, Mm -hmm. there's just so much grace in living out his will for us. We were talking in Galatians about, it feels like the work has to be done right now, but if it's done right now out of this obligation to do something, do anything, then we're just doing the works. Like we're doing the whole mm-hmm. works that Galatians is telling us. Like, that's not what it's about. It's about walking according to the spirit, walking mm-hmm. according to the spirit. Just like you said, in Psalm 119 is just knowing his heart, asking him to post the signposts and following the signposts each day, every moment along the way, like just so much grace and peace and in that living yeah. water. Like it's just, his word is living yeah. water. So good. Okay. There was a verse in here. I almost texted you about it. Psalm 118, verse five. My translation says, I called to the Lord in distress. The Lord answered me and put me in a spacious place. Yeah. And there's a little, there's a reference. Uh-huh. So I like a thing. So I go down to the bottom and it says, or answered me with freedom. And I was like, ah, <laughs> this, is, this is like Aaron wrote this. Aaron wrote this in my Bible. Because that cut, like you've been using that wording so much. Wide open spaces of grace. Yes, but even just that, I called to the Lord in distress and he answered me and put me in a spacious place. Yes. 
that ties in kind of to what you were just talking about. Yes. But it's what I've been talking about some, so much lately, just yeah, living in the yeah. wide open space of grace that, and that he sees everything. He knows everything. He knows I'm not perfect. It's not, he's not missing any of it. And yet he just wants me to be in this wide open space exposed to him where he can just shower me with his love. What a relief. Anyway, Psalm 119, just like I said, was just a fresh glass of water on top of feeling like everything in his word has been pointing me to like, it's not right. Nothing's right. Nothing is right. And I want to fix it. And there's nothing. I have to pray. I have to pray and wait for him to show me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love it. So then Psalm 119, I, I circled this with a heart 25 through 32. I think it must be verse 32. I'll run the course you lay out for me if you'll just show me how. Isaiah 54, so when we read the curses part in uh -huh. Deuteronomy 32, Isaiah 54, I read that the same day in verse 10, after he's 53 is all about the Messiah. Um, mm -hmm. He was beaten, he was tortured, but didn't say a word. In verse 10, it says, still it's what God had in mind all along to crush him with pain. The plan was that he gave himself as an offering for sin so that he'd see life come from it. Life, life, and more life. And God's plan will deeply prosper through him. I thought that was a fantastic chapter mm -hmm. and verse to read in light of him being a curse for us. Right. And after reading all those curses, what does yours say? I mean, pretty close. The Lord was pleased to crush him severely. <sighs> So this is, an, this is an interesting thing. Like the, it, mine uses like the Lord was pleased to crush him severely. Yeah. And then at the end of that verse, the Lord's pleasure will be accomplished. Just the idea that Christ's suffering pleased God because of what it accomplished for us, that God was pleased for his son to do what he did so that he could redeem humanity. That's, it's just kind of mind blowing that God would love us that much. <laughs> yes. That it would please him to see his son crushed and become the curse because he knew that that's what it would take to save us. Written about hundreds of years mm -hmm. before he came and fulfilled it. Mm -hmm. Isaiah 53 is just, this is Jesus right. Christ, his life, his death is all written out mm -hmm. all throughout Isaiah 53 to see his death and crucifixion written out in black and white exactly as it happened hundreds of years before it actually happened is brain breaking buried him with the wicked threw him in a grave with a rich man even though he'd never hurt a soul i mean the details joseph the mm -hmm. rich man put him in his grave these mm -hmm. details the incredible amount of detail that is talked about in exactly who christ that's where the rainbow comes from like <laughs> that yeah. rainbow of every scripture pointing to another scripture this one's a big one yeah it's a big one if you enjoyed this discussion and maybe you're wondering how to get more highlights out of your own scripture reading, you might be interested in joining our in-depth dive studies where we model our process of inductive Bible study. You can find out more at divecollective.org under the studies tab. And we will see you next week.